0: Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Up All Night, a horror anthology podcast. My name is Cortland, and with me today is the guy that's always eating meatloaf. That's Brandon. How you doing, Brandon? Hey, I wish I was. Dude, meatloaf's the best. Well, Brandon,
1: we have a very special guest with us again today. It's Troy. Ooh. How you doing, Troy? It's me? Oh, that's exciting. I was going to sing meatloaf for you for a second, but then I didn't want to uh, torture you. <laughs>
0: I can wait, and so if you want to Google the lyrics, I'll listen to you to sing me
1: some Milo. Google lyrics? I don't need to do that. I <laughs> love meatloaf. Oh don't man! You see my faded Levi's <laughs> bursting apart. All right, and Spotify's baby, is gonna you know. yell at us. <laughs> DMCA strikes for everybody. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I saw him um, uh, up in New Hampshire years ago. What? You lucky little How bastard! Oh, he was fantastic, and he had. He had the woman from the Bad Out of Hell music video was Whoa. with him that day. That's amazing. No shit. Oh, yeah. It was it was a magical evening. He, he, he gave a great show. He's a wonderful performer. R.I.P. Meatloaf. We should have had you
0: on last week, too. You know, when we were watching it, I was like, man, Troy probably loves this episode with Meatloaf in
1: <laughs> it. <laughs> yes. There's, look, the problem with uh, Tales from the Crypt is I love all of them. Oh, <laughs> yeah.
2: Every time we're watching an episode, we discuss: <laughs> Would Troy like this one?
0: <laughs> How do the you think Troy yes. feels about this? <laughs> Troy, I gotta ask though: It's been
1: a little while since you've been on the show, but like, what you've been doing? Oh my god, jeez, so much! <laughs> I um, I read some books. Ooh! I watched some movies. Nice. And um, oh, also some TV shows. Anything you would recommend? Um, I got into Hell's Kitchen. <laughs> Oh, okay. All right. About twenty years too late. <laughs> <laughs> is it? Wait. Is Hell's Kitchen still going on? I know it's pretty popular. No spoilers. <laughs> I'm back on season five. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to spoil anything. <laughs> Hell's I found Kitchen. out like Tubi has the whole series, so I started watching that while I'm working on stuff. I like to have background TV on and Hell's Kitchen. Oh yeah, a fantastic show. That That's I don't what it's really made like. for. Oh yeah, it's great. I have to say, my TV,
0: like if we don't turn it onto an app or something, it will default to a channel that plays nothing but Hell's Kitchen, and I don't know why. But I'm <laughs> really? not, not going to complain.
1: <laughs> do you like to cook? Oh yeah, I like to cook. I don't. I've never cooked a Gordon Ramsay recipe before, though. Ooh yeah, neither have I. I do like to cook. I like to. Uh, I, I, I do find it very satisfying. Um, but I've yeah, I've never had one of his, which is strange. So, maybe you've given me something to do for the new
0: year. Maybe someday we should get together and we should cook Gordon Ramsay's beef Wellington. I
1: hear it's to die for. Oh, and the uh, risotto. Yeah, (laughs) risotto. It's it's always uh, the risotto's too dry, you asshole.
0: I used to watch a lot of cooking competition shows, and, like, everybody would always try to make risotto in, like, half an hour, which is apparently unheard of. <laughs> and they either, like, do it really well, and everybody's like, oh my god, I can't believe you made this in half an hour, or they fail it. <laughs> so... Big risk, I don't know about, big reward. I don't know about that risotto stuff. You cracked the code. It's it's literally every time they're like, oh, I can't believe you made this in half an hour. It's like, yeah, everybody always fucking does that. Why are you guys surprised? <laughs>
1: I don't get it. So yeah, that's my, that's been my life.
0: Nice. No, I gotta say, Troy, we have a Christmas thing going on in a couple of days.
1: Are you excited for the holidays? By Christmas thing, you mean it is Christmas? <laughs>
0: yes. Jesus yeah, that birthday.
1: Thing. <laughs> Actually, that was like March or April,
0: but. Uh... Well, you know what? December 25th is just the
1: greatest day. It's when the pagans celebrated. So the Christians said, okay, let's just take your holiday over. We'll be... Yeah. But I get it. I love Christmas. I know I sound like a I sounded like a Scrooge there. Like, what do you mean? It's not really Christmas. No, I do love Christmas.
2: Christmas? What are you talking about?
1: Bah humbug. <laughs> no, I was actually glad that you guys got me up at the ass crack of dawn this morning because I still have a few uh, gifts to grab. So I'm like, oh, we saved early. you. <laughs> You're welcome. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So you guys,
0: we just got done watching an episode of Tales from the Crypt. you guys want to talk about it? No, no, I want to talk oh, about
1: okay. Main Cabin Masters. What the fuck is a main? Okay, well now we have to. What's a main cabin master? It's a fantastic <laughs> TV show that was on like the DIY channel, and now like it's on HBO oh. Max, and it makes me feel less homesick to watch because they, it, it's a bunch oh, of Maine a main dudes yeah. and this one guy's sister who like redo. <laughs>
0: It's one guy's well, sister. yeah, it, but it's
1: the main guy's sister. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bunch of dudes and a girl, I guess. And a sister. And they redo uh, cabins up in Maine. Is it awesome? Do I have to watch this? I mean, I never lived in Maine. Will it, will well, I still I have lived that in same Maine effect? Either. I lived in New Hampshire for most of my life. Now I'm down in Florida, so I watch Maine <laughs> Cabin Masters. I just discovered it, and uh, oh, I'm loving it. That's beautiful. Is that your dream to own a cabin in Maine? It wasn't until episode one. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I hooked you quick. Okay. Right. And now I'm um, obsessed with it. <laughs> so. Well, that's awesome. <laughs> I've
0: never heard of main cabin main masters. Cabin masters. So.
1: Yeah. Um, they are, yeah. If you have HBO Max, you can watch
0: them. All right, you guys. So we just got done watching season four, episode seven of Tales from the Crypt. It's called The New Arrival. I'm going to ask Troy first. I mean, I'm sure you've watched it a couple more times than we have, but Troy, what did you think of The New Arrival?
1: Oh, absolutely loved it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I kind of expected you to love it. <laughs> yeah, this was this is such a uh, Troy episode. So Troy, for uh, for two reasons: one, I chose this one because the cast is insane. Yeah, I love them. Everybody in this cast Stacked. is just amazing. And Agreed. two, I have this like love of radio. <laughs> so the whole idea. Yeah, of this one is this, very like, radio. Yeah, them being like a radio show is like so like old timey and romantic and cool. I hear that. Brandon, what did you think of the new arrival?
2: I really enjoyed this one. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> I like the the goofier episodes of the show. Like, I I like the the cheesiness and the camp. But
0: this one actually kind of creeped me out. Yeah, I gotcha. This episode kind of reminded me a bit of television terror, where it's kind of like people going into a house and fucking weird shit happens to them, which yeah. I love, and I really loved that one too. So I guess that's that's my thing. Yeah. Yeah, I like I like this episode. I'm not I, like I think it has some weird choices to it, mostly to do with electricity. But uh, I can forgive it, and I really enjoyed this episode. I thought it was very, uh, thought it was really good. <laughs>
1: I thought it was fun. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's a top tier episode because I agree with it you. It does yeah. get that. I mean, I love anthology series because they can you know one episode can be super serious, one can be really goofy, and this one really spreads that needle of camp and creepy yeah i mean
0: there's there's a hallway of bubblegum. Like, right yeah this this episode's fucking weird yeah. but also it's just it's really good i mean you got zelda rubinstein you have was it robert patrick for a second for some oh, reason
1: spoilers
0: oh sorry sorry well i mean zelda rubinstein oh, come okay. on <laughs> rest in peace girl but love you she's got that voice you know uh, you know what? Okay, okay. We should just go ahead and get into this one. I'm spoiling everything from this 30-year-old yeah. episode. I can't do that. What am I doing? Our episode starts up immediately with the creep Keeper in a straight jacket, and he's got this tone of distress <laughs> going on. He tells us, hey, Doc, it's just like that nightmare he told us about, the one he's having where he just keeps petting Bambi. Bambi is like 100%
1: Disney, right? Yeah, and they're doing that um, horror movie so. next year, Bambi the Reckoning. Are they really? Another horror movie? Yeah, moment? did you did you guys see um, Winnie the Pooh: Blood and Honey?
0: No. I saw the trailer of
1: it. Oh, I loved it. The makers of that are doing a whole like cinematic universe of public domain <laughs> horror. Okay. Where they're doing like Peter Pan, Neverland Nightmare and Bambi the Reckoning. Wow. That's okay. not a bad idea for a movie series. It's like a uh, oh, like a a mother and her kid like hit a deer in the road but oh but, but it survives and it and it's woodland friends come after them that sounds incredible actually
0: kind of giving me jaws vibes i don't know isn't there jaws 4 where the shark comes after him into the tropics they're like i want to get this family thing <laughs> yeah the revenge these <laughs> movies yeah. are so stupid <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well crypty here he asks for some help because he's losing his mind and the camera pans us back to see that he's laying on a couch, and there's another human in the crypt who's jotting some stuff down on a notepad. And I just wonder how he keeps getting people to go into his crypt. How does he do that? I don't know. You're, don't know. You're going to tell uh, me if, he
1: kills people yeah, down there. If the crypt keeper was like, "Well, hello, Brandon <laughs> and Cortland, would you guys like to come visit me?" You'd be like, "No,
2: fuck yeah, that okay." This guy seems on the level. Yeah. When you put it that way, I can't. I'm not a good judge of crypt. character.
1: <laughs> Welcome to my pun-filled evening
0: of terror. <laughs> he tells this dude that he can't seem to take a joke anymore. He means a choke, maybe? I don't know. No, wait. It's like the man in tonight's tale. He's a head shrinker who's about to undergo some final analysis of his own in a paranoid parable he calls The New Arrival. And I gotta say, I think this was the quickest, the shortest opening that we've ever had to a Tales from the Crypt episode. Yeah,
2: it really seemed to want to just get on with
0: it. They were like, we gotta get into this episode, like, lickety-split. We quick cut over to the picture for this episode, and uh, it's alright. I mean, there's a woman in the foreground who's just kind of staring right at us. Behind her is a dude on some stairs looking at her, and above them is uh, like a little kid or something at the top. And it's got this big puffy dress on, and it's got a toy bear in its hands. You can't really see its upper half, though, but I don't know. It looks, picture's fine, right, guys?
2: Yeah, fine. I don't know. I, I barely saw it because, it, like, it flashes so <laughs> quick, and then it's like, all right, on
1: to the episode. It really is. Yeah, yeah I mean. They don't want to waste any time. I'm glad that they did less time with the Crypt Keeper this one. Damn, okay, so you hate the Crypt Keeper, all right. No. <laughs> <laughs> I love him, but, I, you know, they know when to do, like, a you know a longer intro and when like they needed time for the story to breathe yeah and like i said this one's got a lot in there so we
0: pop into the episode where a man is talking into a microphone like he's doing some sort of podcast
1: what
0: (laughs) he tells his audience to tune in next time for sex with the supernatural is it possible is it cheating but most importantly did the spirit move you the camera spins around this man and we see that it's the villain of terminator 2 himself robert patrick nice what, what a fun cameo. I'm just always happy to see Robert Patrick. Did he, like, write this episode or,
2: like, direct it or anything? No, I guess not. No. He, no. It's just, like, special appearance by
1: Robert Patrick. This one was directed by Peter Medic, who um, is he's still around directing stuff. He's done, like, Breaking Bad, a uh, lot of TV stuff, and the seminal horror film The Changeling. Robert Patrick here, he tells us to tune
0: in tomorrow to their radio station. But until then... lo yeah. And I said, okay, that's weird. Um, I mean, <laughs> why is his name Lothar? But whatever. He's of the Hill People. I don't, what? what is that a reference to? Lothar of the Hill People?
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay,
0: all right. Lothar here opens up the door to the room, and there's a British guy on the other side who asks if his own mother knows he talks that way on the radio. Lothar tells them that he do not know, but the folks listening sure do. See, his ratings
1: came out, and he is up 60%. Can I ask you a little Robert Patrick trivia? Yeah, of course. You oh, notice boy. he's uh, his jacket has a nine-inch nails patch on it? Yeah, I've seen that. Do you know why? No. <laughs> no I don't. Because his younger brother was in Nine Inch Nails. I didn't know Robert Patrick what? had a younger brother. Richard Patrick. Yep. Huh. You can Google that shit. <laughs> this British guy here, Dr. Alan Getz,
0: gets all sassy, which he does it a lot. He's so I'm I love it. He says, Psh, not accounting for taste. Lothar looks him up and down a little bit in all of his biker gear saying, you know, Gets, I heard a rumor they're going to give me your time slot. Alan's all over my dead body and Lothar calls him daddy and excuses himself out of the sound booth. Alan walks on in and slams the door and we hear a woman telling him not to let Lothar rattle him and that he's going to be great today. He calls out, Bonnie, do me a favor. Shut up. Damn. You're my producer, not my mother. She was trying to help. We pop over to Bonnie in the dark room with her headphones on, and she says, right, I, I'm sorry. She boops a couple of buttons and then gets her podcast voice on, saying, it's 10.05, and time for good psychology, with award-winning child psychologist Dr. Alan Getz, writer of the best-selling The Art of Ignoring Your Child. Dr. Getz, our first caller, <laughs> is a mother from Glenbury. Ignoring
1: Your Child, that's so such a great title. <laughs> I love it. I love. I think it's it. It. so funny. That's like his whole this thing. This episode, I don't know why, yeah. maybe it's because I watched the new Fraser. but I kept trying to think of, like, Frasier and Roz <laughs> being put in this episode. Yeah. I love this next part, too, because we hear the caller on the phone
0: who just busts right into her question, asking, I want to know where to get my three-year-old's hormones investigated. Every time I look at her, she's meh, meh. And Alice... Alan finishes that hard to say word saying, oh, she's masturbating. (laughs) And now listen to me. All children rub their genitals for the pleasure it gives them. Probably you do too. And there's nothing wrong with it. Then he snaps in time saying, ignore it, it, ignore it, it,
1: ignore it. it, it. (laughs) Thanks for the
0: call. Next one, Bonnie.
1: (laughs) That snapping is a great like through line through the, through the episode. Yeah, I like that they bring that up a couple of times. Right, yeah. I think I think there is like a real psychological thing of doing like a physical act while you're trying to like I I don't know I don't know what I'm trying to say. I know what <laughs> you mean. There's, there's yeah, a, of of doing a physical act while you're trying to like mentally change something. It's, yeah, OCD, right? Yeah. Well, <laughs> no, I mean I got that too, but I mean like doctors will like say that it it helps rewire the brain to do an act while you're doing something mental.
0: Yeah, I've heard that before. Bonnie introduces the next caller, and it's Nora this time. Now, we hear Nora uh, on the phone, and it is very clearly Zelda Rubinstein, <laughs> because she yeah. has a very unique voice.
2: I forgot she was in this episode, though, and, like, I thought it was a child calling. I was like, wait, what is going on here? And I guess that, that kind of uh, foreshadows the episode, yeah. Yeah. but, uh, yeah. Then I was like, oh, yeah, Her.
0: I think she's always wonderful in everything she's in. I just watched Teen Witch for the first time like a couple of months ago.
1: She was wonderful on that too. Do you ever see um, Beyond the Mask: The Rise of Leslie Vernon? No. Is she in it? Yeah, she has a small but vital role. It's a very meta, funny horror okay. movie, <laughs> but then it like ripped and there's some <laughs> twists. And um, I won't tell you anything more about it. But she does play the um, like the town librarian. Did did we want to talk about the other cast members yet? Or
0: I don't recognize anybody else though. What? Really? I know.
1: I'm sorry. Look, guys, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, well, Twiggy is the radio producer. Yeah, I know who. Like, I know her by name, but I don't know what she does. She was a model. Uh, I mean, she's Jax. Obviously, we're watching her on TV. <laughs> but she was. I mean, she was it. She was like on every pinup. She was there. It was Twiggy. She got her start like a, a winning awards modeling when she was like, you know, seventeen, eighteen.
0: She's just Twiggy. I mean, I I see if anybody has like a name that's just one name, you know, you know, they're big.
1: You, know, you got Madonna, you got Twiggy, Share, etc. Right? As opposed to, I mean, actually, well, <laughs> you know, you mentioned Share is a phenomenal actress. Madonna said lines on screen, yeah. <laughs> and you you got to recognize David Warner. Uh,
0: not. Particularly. I'm gonna look him up here.
1: Are you serious? The Omen? I've seen the Omen, but it's been He's like a photographer years. of the Omen who gets beheaded. Um, Time Bandits? Never heard of it. What? <laughs> <laughs> were you a child you were a child in the eighties? I was, I lived a, a full year in the eighties. Oh my god. You need to watch Time Bandits with Lance. Okay. It's like a a kid meets dwarfs who take him on a magical Journey Through Time, and David Warner is the, the evil warlock. Ooh, okay. that's a, This is a classic. Um, Tron? I have not seen Tron. Oh, God! <laughs> You're killing me!
0: <laughs> I'm, You're I'm sorry.
2: Explode his brain, Cortland.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry. You know, you know
1: David Warner, right, Brandon? <laughs> I know David Warner,
2: yes.
0: Oh, he's just trying to act cool.
1: He doesn't know <laughs> David Warner.
2: <laughs> he was in Titanic. You at least have seen
0: Titanic, Cortland. Well, here's the thing. I've seen bits and pieces of Titanic. I've never sat
1: down to <laughs> watch the whole thing. I have a confession. I watched Titanic like 2 months ago for the first time. <laughs> wow, really? But see, I'm not and the I only one. Delightful.
2: What what did you think of
1: Titanic? Fucking David Warner is amazing. <laughs> Why didn't I watch it sooner? Too late. All right. Here's a trivia question you guys. David Warner was cast for a huge horror film, iconic role he had to pass due to the scheduling didn't work out he had some other movie going on they did like um costume and hair and makeup which horror movie is that and you don't even know who he is in the slightest so you're not gonna guess <laughs> it. uh what decade krueger yeah freddy krueger oh, was freddy krueger okay
2: <laughs> i could picture him as freddy krueger
1: craven was so uh, had wanted to work with him so much that he after this didn't work out that he gave him that cameo in uh scream too wow yeah. yeah so instead oh, of goodness. robert england picture Old Englishman David Warner. Is There's a couple, uh, yeah, photos of him, you know, in different burn makeup because they were testing it.
0: Oh, I'm going to have to look that up right now. In different
1: hats and stuff. Yeah. We just got Brandon to watch uh,
0: Nightmare on Elm Street, the first one for the first time a couple of months ago. Did you fall in love with it? I loved it. It was great. So
1: good. Such a good movie. I loved them all. Even the one with Roseanne in it. She's in for five seconds. Roseanne's in one of them? Yeah, she's in. The- She's in, like, the sixth Freddy's one for dead, yeah. wow. They did a bunch of cameos. Johnny Depp cameos in it. Yeah, but Roseanne, she's like, I want kids. And it's like, no, Roseanne, <laughs> you can't
0: have anything. I don't remember if I said this or not. Zelda Rubenstein greets Alan, and Alan says hi back. He's like, so it's been, like, what, four days since your last call? How's little Felicity getting along? Turning the house down. Nora says, not at all. Alan asks if she's been writing on the wall with feces, and Nora tells him, nope. Alan asks if you've been trying to electrocute the cat, and Nora tells him "Nah."
2: She's taking to banging her head against the wall. Really hard.
0: Zelda here, she tried to reason with her, but that never works. Then I threatened to take away her favorite toy, and she just started screaming and banging her head again. We pop over to Bonnie, and there's a woman in the booth now. Her name is Rona. And she ushers, like, a different woman out of her chair, and she sits down. Alan here, he's talking to Nora i'm probably just gonna refer to nora as zelda from now on so heads up there <laughs> alan's talking to nora aka zelda berating her on the radio saying oh every time this shit happens you're all felicity did this and felicity did that <laughs> this this scene there's a lot of talking in this episode because we cut back over to rona and uh twiggy or bonnie <laughs> in the sound how booth. many how many zeldas
1: can you think of
0: I can think of two: Zelda Rubenstein and then Robin Williams' daughter. They have this cute little 3DS commercial where uh, they play like Zelda Ocarina
1: of Time together on it. I like. Really I just like to think of Robin Williams in the like early 1990s playing Nintendo. <laughs> Me too. Oh yeah, yeah. playing <laughs> for like ten Dumped hours. To his like, oh, this is great! <laughs> Woo! I was making sound effects the whole time.
0: I mean, on a counterpoint here, though, have you ever heard of anybody named Rona?
2: I know three Ronas.
0: Okay. Well, Rona puts her feet up and Bonnie's all, damn, nice boots, them snake. Rona doesn't really like that much and we hear Nora talking about trying to ignore your child or whatever, but Bonnie and Rona are having a little tiff, which is way cooler. They don't seem to like each other very much, but Rona assures Bonnie that she'll love being in the unemployment line soon enough. She goes to walk away. I'm on away. Team Twiggy. Oh, me too. Team Twiggy's where <laughs> it's at. She goes to walk away, but Bonnie yells, Rona, you can't do that because we have a contract. And Rona's all, oh, You want to sue us? Go ahead. As of tomorrow, this spot belongs to Lothar. Alan, he's trying to listen to this conversation between Bonnie and Rona, but goddamn Zelda Rubenstein is still on the line. (laughs) So she's all, Dr. Getz, hello, are you there? Alan's all, oh yeah, sorry, what? Bonnie screams about how loads of people need Alan's wisdom and ignorance. Rona tells them both, yeah, well, after the ratings we got it today, we don't need Alan. And we hear Alan start listening to Zelda here again, who asks if he can come out to see her daughter. And Alan's at his breaking point here, and he screams, See her? Why the hell should I come out and see her? I've got enough problems. on my..." But he stops, because Rona cuts him off, saying, See, look, that's exactly what we're talking about. Alan's all, Wait, wait. Lady, are you aware that you are the epitome of the inept parent? That your little Felicity is the ultimate problem child? Zelda asks, Uh, does that mean he's coming out? (laughs) Alan tells her, On the contrary. I'm going to originate good psychology from your home every day. Until little Felicity is a fully functioning little girl. We're making a house call. He is such an asshole. (laughs) He really is, isn't he? Yeah. I love it. From the booth, Rona yells that he can't do that. And Alan yells back that good psychology beats bad
1: behavior every time. And with that, we cut to a car rolling up to a gorgeous house. I do wish we had more time in the radio, but there's so much more to happen. Yeah. It's all about that house from now on.
0: (sighs) We could have had so much more Lothar.
1: We do deserve
0: more Lothar. Yeah. Maybe there'll be a tiny bit more at the very end. <laughs> we pop over to the front porch where there's just piles of crap all around. So I take it back. This is not a gorgeous house. We see that Alan, Bonnie, and Rona are there. I don't know why Rona came. <laughs> I don't know. She's, she's there. And she laughs saying, aha, you're out of your depths, Gets. This lady needs a SWAT team, not some armchair radio shrink. Alan angrily tells Rona that he's not an armchair shrink. Then they begin walking up the steps. Bonnie asks if a kid really did all this damage. And Alan says, well, either that or Colonel Gaddafi's been visiting. But it doesn't matter. Troy, do you know who Colonel Gaddafi <laughs> is? Because
1: I don't. I've never heard of Colonel Gaddafi, but Colonel Gaddafi, sure. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. Well, tell me more. <laughs> oh, this is great.
0: Who is Colonel
1: Gad- Gad- Gaddafi? <laughs> uh, Colonel Gaddafi was a... Um, militant leader dictator in um like uh, libya okay and th- this is back in the late 80s early 90s but i mean he would have been on everybody's radar when this episode aired okay well that's the last time we talk about him so <laughs> okay. enough of that <laughs> but yes he is he was well known Helen
0: <laughs> says that there's not a child in existence that he can't help because good psychology beats bad behavior every time rona adds he better hope it beats rotten ratings instead because the manager is not pleased about being held hostage like this alan asks rona to go home and rona says that she'd like to but alan cannot be trusted the gang all head to the front door and they look at the doorbell and alan says ah shit anybody got a pencil rona sasses oh what you think it's gonna bite you and bonnie adds in that alan hates electricity because he doesn't trust it. Mm. That's this such a, be a weird character.
2: Portrait. Detail, I'm sure.
0: Oh, yeah. Nugget that one in your brain for later. Rona laughs a little, saying it makes a lot of sense for somebody that works on the radio. Good Lord, let me do it. And she pushes the button and then gets fucking electrocuted. Which is great. <laughs> it is
2: amazing. I went back and watched it like four times. <laughs>
0: She's sitting there getting all sizzled up and Bonnie pushes Ellen <laughs> aside, telling him to get his useless body out of the way and then she uses her bag to push Rona to the floor, you know, so she doesn't get electrocuted, too. The front door opens up with a creak and Zelda Rubenstein takes a concerned look down at the floor where Rona is laying. Rona rubs her head and Zelda just ignores that Not shit. Not that concerned, though. <laughs> she, she, she like immediately just ignores that and she's like, eh, whatever. And then she smiles because Dr. Getz is there and she's all, it's you!
2: You're really
0: Rona feebly gets up off the ground and Zelda asks, oh, did she get a shock from the buzzer? I'm sorry. I was tinkering with it a little while ago. I'm a very good tinkerer. Rona's now fully back on her feet and she asks, yeah, well, how good of a lawyer are you? (laughs) Yeah, she's a good tinkerer just like she's a good mother. One time when I was looking at houses to buy, like before I bought my house, we went into this one house and it was like a gorgeous house, right? Like we were like, oh, this is the one. And then we went into the basement, and apparently the man that owned the house had Alzheimer's, but he was, like, an electrician. (laughs) So there was just, like, wires everywhere down in the basement. And we were like, uh, never mind. (laughs) That's what Zelda's doing over here. Alan smiles over at Zelda, asking, you, Nora? And Zelda says, no, I'm Zelda. But she smiles back, and she says, that's me, Felicity's mommy. (laughs) From inside, we hear Felicity shriek like a banshee for a second, and Zelda's smile fades, and she says oh hell she's doing it again she walks inside calling for felicity and goes up the stairs and she starts begging felicity to stop and just not to scream in front of their guests she holds up a little treat saying how about you stop that for your favorite bubble gum alan screams for bonnie to start rolling and he runs up to zelda telling her not to bribe her kid because it reinforces bad behavior We hear upstairs, there's some banging, as if Felicity is banging her head against something, and Zelda says, oh, but if I don't give her her treat, she's going to hurt herself. The gum always works. But you don't understand. Alan raises her finger, saying, no, Zelda, you don't understand. Now, listen to the thuds, how she's picking the softest spot. It makes the biggest amount of noise, the minimum amount of pain, bringing the biggest amount of attention. Now, repeat after me, and he snaps in time to ignore it ignore it ignore
1: it i do like that it looks like he's starting to make sense and be in control Mm -hmm. they they first come to this like madhouse and he does immediately take control of the situation and you think for a minute like oh he he is gonna be able to control this only
0: for a moment
1: oh yeah you you very soon find out that that's not the situation at
0: all Zelda repeats that with her own snaps, and then we hear the shatter of glass upstairs. So Alan tells her, you see, now she's learned you won't always come when she calls. He snaps over at Bonnie to give him a book. So Bonnie pulls one out and hands it to him, and he holds it up saying, now, all you have to do is read this, The Art of Ignoring Your Child. You'll find everything you want to know, and I'll even sign it for you. Zelda (laughs) looks at it, and she's like, I already have that
2: course she does like she calls in all the time apparently yeah and wanted you
0: to come to the house like of course she has your book i find it a little audacious that he would even be like here's my book like she wouldn't have it i, I don't know we pop over to zelda's collection of books trust your baby kids at play our children 1954 you guys bonnie is looking through this thing goddamn, she's got every important child psychology book ever written Alan adds that she even has Max Spitzmacher's no-fault discipline. The Max Spitzmacher? Yeah, I said his name right and everything. And we look at the back of this book, and it's a picture of an old dude with a pipe in his mouth, I guess. Is that what it's called, a pipe? Yeah? Yeah. Okay, look at me.
1: Zelda Wait, says, you know so much, Cortland. <laughs> You're doing really good, buddy.
0: <laughs> Zelda says that he's a very smart man, but he was wrong. Alan's sass level increases as he says please what could you possibly know about it I've studied with the man he was a giant in the field he was the field who the hell are you to criticize him he opens up that book to look at it as Zelda sashays her way saying well I'm a mother and in my opinion Max Spitmacher was an overrated teacher with no real experience with problem children. We look over at Rona, because she's still there, <laughs> who's who's looking at an old-timey picture, and Zelda yells at her not to touch it. And Rona apologizes, asking if it's her friend, or something like that. And Zelda explains that it's Felicity's dad with his commanding officer. He'll be home from the war any day now. And with that, the music gets a little sinister, and we hear it like a clock bonging in the distance, and Rona's all, uh, excuse me, but isn't that commanding officer Douglas MacArthur? Zelda tells her, yep, sure is. And then looks at Alan to smile. Rona adds, um, World War II's Douglas MacArthur? Alan asks Zelda, you know what would be dope right about now? A pot of coffee. Bonnie adds that Alan works a whole lot better with a buzz going on. And Zelda smiles and says, okay, but uh, you guys gotta wait right here. And then she walks away.
1: Let, Let me stop you briefly. Go for it. I guess I misheard it. She said it was the dad with his commanding officer
0: yeah i took it like originally i was like oh so she's saying douglas macarthur is felicity's dad but i think it's felicity's dad his commanding officer is douglas macarthur maybe (laughs) okay
2: i thought it was douglas macarthur too and i was just like oh this bitch is crazy
0: yeah maybe that's what it is and i just kind of like you know got a little odd in my notes there body size asking well what do you think Alan says, hmm, it's uncharted territory, but we could do a whole series from here. The ratings would go through the roof. Rona tells Alan that he's crazy and that Zelda Rubenstein couldn't possibly have a little kid. She bets what's up there is a 40-year-old refugee from some institution. No, better yet, a milk carton kid she kidnapped from a safe away. That's
2: still an interesting story.
1: He doesn't care about her. Who, Felicity or Rona? No, Felicity. If I'm like, you know what? I think this crazy old woman is hiding a refugee. (laughs) Maybe I'd want to, like, help the refugee. Nah,
0: it's all about them ratings, baby. he's
1: like, nah, fuck that refugee.
0: (laughs) It's the ratings. Rona declares that this whole experiment thing is over, and she's going to be calling the cops. She pulls out a phone, but Alan yells for her to stop, and how she ain't messing this up. Suddenly, Felicity screams from upstairs and spooks everybody. Rona looks at Alan, saying, still think I'm half-baked. Bonnie suggests looking at the kid wouldn't be such a bad idea. I mean, you would have to at some point anyway. Yeah, I mean, that's the reason for this season. That's why you came to this house. So we cut upstairs and we see a child running around up there with a big puffy dress on and a mask over its face. It runs to an open room and then slams that door shut. And we swivel down the stairs where Alan, Bonnie, and Rona are not listening to Zelda's instructions of staying put and loudly clomping their way upstairs. They ignore that door that was just slammed, and they walk past that to another door. And Alan stops, saying, "Huh, the kid's totally in here because he can feel the child's presence." Which is weird because is he a no, psychic you can't. now too. Look, when you started studying psychology, you get the uh, you know psychotic, psychotic,
1: <laughs> psychic.
0: <laughs> She's
1: here.
0: I'm kind of surprised they didn't use that line at all in this episode. Oh, it would be too much. Rona scoffs at that and tells him to open that shit up. He does, and we look down a very dirty hallway. It's just littered with purple shit. Rona complains that it smells like grape bubbles, and Christ, it's all over the floor. Rona steps on that, saying, Oh shit, it's on my shoes! Alan tells her to get over it, but Rona yells that these are her Italian shoes. Oh shit. Rona complains more about how she hates kids as Bonnie asks her to control her maternal instincts. While Bonnie and Alan are busy talking about whatever, That child runs past the open door that they just went in, and Rona sees that. She steps out of the hallway and over to a set of stairs, calling for Felicity. She steps up those stairs, and we pop back over to Alan and Bonnie. Alan is knocking on the door, calling for Felicity and that whole bubblegum hallway thing going on. Over with Rona, she opens up a door and looks around and calls for Felicity a few times. It looks like she's in the attic, and she stops on inside.
1: I love that this turned into like a haunted
0: Oh, me too. That's why I said it gave me very uh, television terror vibes. I like it. Very pleasant
1: turn. Yeah.
0: Yeah, haunted house kind of stuff.
1: And it's also, I mean, it's it's part haunted house, part, like, Jigsaw's trap, (laughs) you know? Yeah.
0: Right, yeah. Part, like, a really weird fucking kid thing, you know? In the attic, we see that there's some chairs with sheets over them. So, Rona here steps past them, asking,
2: Felicity, where are you, bitch?
0: (laughs) <laughs> like you do with kids. Yeah. The camera zooms up and Rona, she screams. So she runs backwards to a door and then we get a little first person camera shot where we see like eye holes around the camera as if the camera's wearing a mask and it runs up to Rona, who's just screaming
1: whole bunches. Yeah, wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah. What do you guys think of Felicity's look?
2: That mask is scary yeah. as shit.
1: It's, it's very <laughs> minimalistic. Uh, I yeah.
0: love her wig. <laughs> i think she's creepy she is creepy back with Alan and bonnie she says look this is a big country there are lots and lots of radio stations radio stations much better than this what do you think rona he turns around but rona is not there and he wonders aloud where she is when inside felicity's room they hear a groan so bonnie takes manager into her own hands she grabs a wad of gum from the doorframe and she uses it to not get electrocuted on the doorknob
2: yeah yeah yeah. between using her bag to push ron out of the way and using the gum to open the door that seems to be like her purpose in this
1: episode that's i mean that's my purpose in life is
2: to not get electrocuted (laughs) she gets back the electricity traps by not touching the thanks great character
0: Hey there everybody, Cortland here, your good buddy, and your radio host with the most. Thank you so much for joining us today, whether this is your first episode or you've listened to everything that we've got. We are so thankful for you spending some time with us. We just released our bonus episode covering 1985's The Goonies over on Patreon. To listen in, you can become a patron at patreon.com slash privateisland. We post bonus content, early release episodes, and so much more multiple times a week. I'd like to take a moment to thank our current patrons, the best, Venice Witch, Tristan, Redemption, Lyle, Eddie, Ray, Rad Magical, Faith, and Shane, the Goths, Stephen, Matt, Aaron, Brittany, Sid, and Corey, the Citizens of Carlsville, Sarah, Mr. Normal, Matt, Keith, Christy, Angela, and Meredith, and your boys and girls, Kathy, Farron, Bryce, and Brian. Thank you for your support, everybody. Brandon and I truly appreciate it. You can follow us on social media for all the latest and greatest. I have been working on being much more active there with new videos released every day. You can find us on Twitter at UANpod, on Instagram and threads at night Podcast, on YouTube at Podcast, and on TikTok at Private Island Presents. You can chat with me live on Twitch at twitch.tv slash privateislandc while I play some games or do some editing for the podcast. I've got loads of soundbites and videos that you can play from your favorite shows. I hope to see you there. I'd like to take a moment to thank the Benevolent Badger for their work on the music for our show, aside from this theme, Dating Start from Undertale, composed by Toby Fox. I'd also like to thank Brandon for his work on the artwork. Thanks again for listening in. For now, I'll let you get back to the episode, and I will talk with you next week. Bye, everybody. (laughs) She opens that shit up no problem at all, and she slowly looks inside saying, holy shit. Inside the room is just a bunch of crap everywhere, all moving and dancing, and just there's TVs playing static. There's old timey dolls and clowns everywhere. It's weird. It's Pee Wee's Playhouse.
1: It doesn't fit <laughs> with the rest of the house at all in a in a great way.
0: It does look wonderful. I mean, there's those old timey dolls. They get me every time. I I fucking hate them. But this room, Felicity, you're doing great. The <laughs> interior decor is on point. Alan tells Bonnie that this woman's crazier than he thought. And he looks down at a recording device and boops a button, even though he's scared of electricity. And a recording of Zelda Rubinstein says, Felicity, you're a naughty child. Do you hear me? A naughty, naughty child.
1: Why why is <laughs> Zelda Rubinstein from New Jersey?
0: <laughs> uh, because I don't really know how to do her voice. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I love Fair it enough. though. I love it. Can you okay, Troy, you do your best, Zelda Rubinstein. Let's hear uh, it. Everybody's got one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh god okay give me yeah time. do the cliche, zelda
2: rubinstein <laughs> yeah yeah it'd be very cliche
1: caroline go into the light <laughs> i can't do it no it's Damn. impossible i thought we were talking to zelda <laughs> yeah, <right>? <laughs> <laughs> so okay i retract making fun
0: of you you can make fun of me anytime though try i don't mind <laughs> he turns that shit off saying don't you get it we're not dealing with a real child we're dealing with a fantasy child Bonnie asks what he means and looks around saying that this collection of junk is Felicity? Alan tells her, yep. See, I worked on a case once where the mother actually dressed up in the clothes of the imaginary child. Zelda Rubenstein is small enough to fit in children's
1: clothes, and it's totally possible she's living a complete double life. This is such a great fake-out twist, and this could have been the twist ending for the episode. I agree,
0: yeah, like because now you're like, oh. Because you look at the kid, and it's it's all dolled up, you know, and Zelda is nowhere to be found. So you're like, yeah, of course Zelda's the kid, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Bonnie finds that simply amazing. Alan agrees, and that this delusion must have taken years to build, and our radio station will love taking it apart day by day. We watch Bonnie mosey over to the framed bed, and she lifts away a sheet and has this look of shock. So we zoom into what she's seeing, and it's goddamn Rona, but she's dead, and she's got a rope around her neck. And Bonnie's all, oh my god. Alan walks on over and gasps. And he's all like, Rona. Oh no, not Rona. Bonnie asks if he's sure about good psychology or something. But Alan
1: tells her, they'll discuss that later. We gotta get the hell out of here. Actually, he goes, let's get the hell out of here. <laughs> it's just... Oh, it's perfect, yeah. I love when like intelligent characters act intelligently. You know, at, at, <laughs> at the first yeah. sign of trouble, they're just like, fuck this, we have to leave. <laughs> <laughs> which most uh, you know characters in horror shows can't figure out like there's danger i have to go now <laughs> i like it too
0: the two run for the door but it slams in alan's face and then shocks him when he grabs the doorknob he starts banging on the door yelling for that miserable little monster to let them out and bonnie runs over to another door and opens it up looks like it leads to some stairs so bonnie calls over for alan to have a look he does and we see that it does lead up So the two very slowly make their way up the stairs, and at the top is another door. And I'm like, "God damn, this house has so many doors. Yeah.
2: If I was locked in a room, the last place I would go is, like, even further away from where I want to (laughs) be. Like, they want to be out of the house and at ground level.
1: But you're also, in theory, putting distance between you and the person who just locks you in.
2: Yeah, you need to close that distance and punch her in the face. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, it is just a child.
0: Come
1: on now. No, well, they think oh, yes. it's an old lady, a, a short. <laughs> oh, even worse. <laughs> old lady. And there's two. Of them. <laughs> I feel like they have the
0: manpower. They could take uh, take all that stuff out. Right. Alan, he's hesitant at the door because he doesn't want to get electrocuted. I guess, but he starts banging on it with his book. After having tried nothing, he gives up and wonders what they'll do now. From the bottom of the stairs, we see Felicity with her mask and poofy dress, and she giggles a little. Looking super creepy. She does. They did a good job with that. Yeah. They have a stare-off for a moment, and Alan asks Zelda (laughs) Rubenstein, is that you? And he goes to go down the stairs, but Bonnie stops him, but he yells, who's the psychologist here, hmm? Me or you? With that argument (laughs) won, he makes his way down the steps, saying, Zelda, let's talk. I can help. The child don't need no help, though, so it slams the door and then runs back into the bedroom. Alan tries to run after her, calling her a brat or something. And Bonnie, at the top of the stairs, takes that moment to say, for a guy who knows a lot about people, you sure know nothing about them. Alan calls up, Bonnie, I swear, once we get out of this house, you're fired. But Bonnie's had enough. She yells that she quits, and she's so tired of Alan's arrogance. And Alan makes his way up the stairs, but stops and looks above Bonnie, because there's a ceiling fan that's above her. And it starts to rotate really quickly, I guess. And it slowly lowers down... And she looks up at it as it blasts her. <laughs>
1: what a great that the whole time that they've been on the stairs, and that fan's been on the whole time. It's set up like really well for it to just like drop on her.
0: It does drop on her. There's blood that splatters
1: across the Alan's face and Bonnie. Oh yeah, and then she's like, they like throw a Twiggy dummy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just yeah. Like, Bonnie's just. I'm saying like <laughs> they set the they set the kill up really well. The I actual do. execution yeah. is like they did. Well, he was a twiggy dummy. <laughs>
0: yeah, uh, this is my favorite part because they just like they throw a ragdoll Bonnie down the stairs and into Alan. And <laughs> just what is going on? Ooh, I, I, the, all this electricity stuff—I don't get it.
1: Well, it's because Zelda Rubenstein is a tinkerer? Oh right. Oh, yeah, like you said, she saw. Right. Yeah. Okay. Never mind. I take all my questions back. We're supposed to think up until this very final scene that she has set up, like, a fake Felicity. So all the electricity, all, like, the the jigsaw stuff is all supposed to make us think Felicity is fake.
0: I was going to say, maybe they were trying to make us think that Felicity was telepathic? Because that was a big thing, right? Kids having telepathic powers and fucking up adults' days. That was a genre, right? Yeah. Alan gets knocked out at the bottom of the stairs, and then we fade to black. (laughs) So we know
2: the actual ending of this episode, and so we know it's not a situation where she's just trying to lure people here to murder them. So what is the purpose of the ceiling fan that drops down and decapitates people?
0: I think it's just getting Alan alone, because they don't need the other two people.
2: So they made this just for this house call.
1: No! Oh, no, no. She's a tinkerer. (laughs) She's, she's...
0: Okay, that
2: just explains away everything.
0: <laughs> You're grabbing
1: onto that one tiny but line. That explains everything.
2: No, I'm a tinkerer. Yeah.
1: Oh, okay. She's an electrician, a tinkerer. She knows how to do shit. So she just
2: does shit for no reason because no, she can't. Okay here's,
1: okay, here's the backstory. She's four foot eight. She needs to work on this fan. So she's built a mechanism that the fan will lower. So instead of,
0: like, getting a ladder, she's like, I'll have the light come to me when I need to change the light bulb.
2: Yeah. She's a tinkerer.
0: Tinkerer. She, wow.
2: Okay.
0: All right, no further she's questions. She's revolutionary. <laughs> Sometime later, we see Alan is tied up in the attic. Zelda shakes him, saying, Dr. Getz, And Alan wakes up. He looks at her, and she asks if he's thirsty. He nods. So Zelda here helps him get a drink from her mug. Alan smiles, asking if she would be a peach and untie him. But Zelda tells him, nah, that's not really a good idea. Also, she's sorry about Felicity's behavior. You see, Zelda's at her wit's end. She steps to Ellen's other side, saying, now you see why I need your help. Alan stammers out, oh, uh, there's this uh, colleague of mine, if I could go call him for some help. But Zelda's all, oh, Dr. Getz, you promised you would help make Felicity better. Good psychology beats bad behavior, you said. Alan snaps here yelling, now you listen, you sick bitch. If you don't untie me now, I'm going to kick your fucking head in. But, yeah, he he st- but he stops and he takes a breath and then apologizes, saying that he totally didn't mean all that. Remember five seconds ago when I called you a sick bitch? <laughs> I didn't mean any of that. Just a prank. Zelda his head saying, I know you didn't. You've had a rough day. Shall I bring Felicity up? After all, she is the patient. Alan says, sure, that's a good idea. A little love therapy is definitely in order. Zelda thinks that's great and that she'll go get her. So she steps out of the room and we watch Alan try to like untie his knots, but he can't get him. The door opens back up and we see Felicity with her hair and her mask on. And Alan says hi to her and that her mom wanted her to talk to him. That she hasn't been feeling well lately. He asks her if that's all true and Felicity nods her head. Alan suggests that she comes over here and she sits on his lap to help make her feel better. So Felicity does exactly that. She just runs over and sits down on Alan's lap. Alan tells her, you know, Felicity, sometimes people want us to be what we aren't and makes us very angry. But I just want you to be a little Felicity White. I love you just the way you are. Now, if you untie my arm, I could give you a hug. So Felicity, she looks down and unties his arm. And he helps Felicity back up on his lap saying, great, now here's your love therapy. And then he starts fucking strangling this little girl. He's screaming, the only way to stop bad behavior is with worse behavior, right, Zelda? <laughs> I know it's you. And then from the doorway, Zelda Rubenstein yells, Dr. Get, stop it. What?
1: Were you guys surprised at this?
0: Um, a little bit. I, mean, I wasn't I... sure if it was going to be Zelda or not, you know? <laughs> I
2: immediately thought that Nora was Felicity, and I was like, all right, I can see this coming from a mile away. And then later on, I was like, oh, no, this is definitely going to be a fake out. So I saw it coming, but I was still like, it was tense. And when he started choking her, I instantly felt immediately horrible for Felicity.
0: (laughs) After all that, Dr. Getz does stop choking that child. (laughs) And he drops the little girl to the floor with a thud. And Zelda yells that he ought to be ashamed of himself. Alan is very confused here, and Zelda gets Felicity back up. But Felicity is like bald now. <laughs> it was a wig. And taller it than fell Zelda. Fell he choked her. <laughs> she, she turns Felicity around, and Felicity is like a goddamn zombie-looking thing.
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: How? that part was totally shocking.
1: <laughs> How great is it to have like a really creepy character in a mask? And you take off the mask and it's just as equally creepy.
0: I did love it. I thought it was great. She shows off Felicity saying, I know what you're thinking. I spoiled her to death. And I suppose you're right. Amazing, ain't she? Been dead 40 years and she's still busy as a bee. It's love that keeps her going. But it's love that hurts her too. And we see Felicity just kind of walk over to Alan and tie him back up in the chair because like Alan is still stunned. Zelda adds, that's why you came. That's why they all came. Alan asks, they? And Zelda and Felicity just rotate Alan in his chair, and we take a look and see a bunch of dead, spiderweb-covered bodies sitting in chairs, just like Alan. One of them even has glasses and a pipe in his mouth. It's goddamn Max Spitzmacher. Oh, no.
1: The very same from the book. Did you catch the names of the doctors? No, I just seen Max and I was like, that's Max. One of them is Dr. Kassir. Oh, why
0: does that name sound familiar?
1: Because John Kassir is the voice of the Crypt Keeper.
0: Oh, perfect. Okay. I like it when they'd have fun with that <laughs> yeah, stuff. It's a nice little yeah. reference. Zelda tells Alan that she told him Max didn't know what he was talking about. None of them did. Not Dr. Nasilski, oh. Dr. Kassir. There okay, I did write their names down. Sorry. <laughs> all of them and we get a nice close-up of all the dead bodies and they look really good they're all like mummified and spiderweb covered it looks great zelda tells alan she has faith in him since she knows he can help low felicity boy you and felicity should continue to get acquainted so she's gonna leave them alone zelda here's just gonna pop out you know get him a radio for a second here she sets down an old-timey radio on his lap and turns it on and it's fucking lothar the radio station i love them
1: bookending with robert patrick's it was wonderful
0: felicity she puts her mask back on and she starts just dancing and skipping around alan who's sitting in his chair telling himself to ignore it over and over again and that's kind of the end we fade back over to the crypt keeper, and he's got a collection of books about child psychology and he says you'll be happy to know that dr getz did get another radio show so he was much more careful this time about screaming his calls we pan over to see that Crypti's got that dude from the beginning of the episode laying down in a straight jacket, and he says he's feeling so much better. He taps the dude on the dome, saying the doc was right. A little smotherly love was all he needed. So until next time, kiddies. He's sending the shrink to join the others. You know what they say, the morgue the merrier. And he laughs us out of the episode, that was it. There's
1: something really creepy and unsettling about like mm-hmm. that last image of Alan that is delightful. You you go from yeah. he was on the radio being the entertainment to him strapped into a chair becoming the audience while this monster dances around him. I kind of love
0: the fact that he's just kind of strapped into that chair. I feel like eventually he could break out, as like the other people could have broken out, but instead they and just kind
1: of hint I mean, they, they leave yeah. his fate
2: open ended mm-hmm. until the crypt keepers, like, ah, oh, it's, it's cool. You got another show. Don't worry, boys and ghouls. It's cool. It's just like, just like uh, at the end of and all through the house when he was like, "Don't worry, the kid's fine."
1: The the censors made me tell you
2: that the little child didn't
1: get murdered. <laughs>
2: <laughs> they did that
0: in dark music too.
2: Wouldn't want to be too creepy yeah. on HBO.
0: Don't you think that like people would look for them though? Because they all knew that they were going to this house. I mean, it was literally recorded that they were going to this house. I feel like he would be fine. I mean, uh, except for
1: you know, Rona and Twiggy, they're dead, but. He'll be fine. I mean, that's probably how he was saved. Because the other people, they just, um, like, an author went to the house to, like, interview. That's dumb. You can't do that as an author. You'll die every time. Oh, but I have I lost so many friends that way. I
0: gotta ask you guys, did you learn anything from this episode of Tales from the Crypt?
2: Use bubblegum to not get electrocuted.
0: Yep. That's a good one. I learned here, you guys, that if you have a house problem... Like, electricity-wise, let Zelda Rubenstein handle it. She's, she's really good at this stuff. She's a yeah, tinker. Don't call an electrician. Call a tinker. <laughs> Just do it yourself, like Zelda Rubenstein would. <laughs> now, the name for this one, The New Arrival, I don't know. It's not yeah. my favorite name. It doesn't I, do it for me. I feel funny. like it really evokes more, like, uh, Alien to me than what this gives us. Can you guys think of a better
1: name? That's a really bad title. Yeah. One of the worst. I feel Jeez, like okay. I feel like they had that title when they were just like coming up with basic ideas, and the story mm-hmm. changed a lot after that. Yeah, because
0: I mean, you hear the new arrival, and you think that it's aliens coming to Earth, and there's no aliens in this episode. I mean, there's a zombie, but no aliens. I think it could have been just called the Tinkerer, right? You guys? I
1: mean, oh, yeah, yeah. That makes me think
2: uh, of less tossed salad and scrambled eggs. <laughs>
1: Frazier and ross go on a road trip (laughs) oh the house call right yeah that would have been much better (laughs) that's
2: like a very simple one that's very evocative of what Mm. this episode is i don't know why it's not that do
0: you guys want to meet this cast i mean i know we talked about most of them already but let's see what they've been doing what they've been up to
2: who's still alive yeah yeah that's the most important part
0: so let's start out with david warner who played dr alan getz uh, the late David Warner Brilliantly. passed away in 2022. 20, yeah, he just died. Yeah. Damn. Rest in peace. We did talk about it. Uh, he was known for being in Titanic and Tron and In the Mouth of Madness. Oh, but, great movie. Yes. okay. I've never seen that
1: movie. Okay, here's the thing, Cortland. Yeah. Your life would be better if you watched watch David Warner movies. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> well, he started out things in
0: 1962 with We Joined the Navy. I haven't seen that one. <laughs> He was in the Omen. Yeah,
1: Love that movie. He was a photographer in a that long time. Yeah, the Omen's Fant- great. He gets um, beheaded. Fantastic. Yeah, he's a great. Um, he does yeah, side character. He was
0: in in nineteen seventy nine. Time after time, which I was hoping was going to be based off of the Cindy Lauper hit, but it's not. No, it's Jack, it's, the uh, Jack the Ripper. Yeah, uh,
1: Mary Steenburgen, and uh, yeah, that's and um, Malcolm McDowell. That's yeah, a fantastic. No um horror thriller i don't know troy i think it'd be better if it was based off of
0: cindy Lauper's time after time because that's a really good song
1: if you say i will be waiting
0: <laughs> yeah time yeah. after time. he was also in sos titanic before he was in oh the 1998 shit titanic. yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah if you're one titanic
1: movie you ought as well do like two or three <laughs>
0: <laughs> he was in a christmas carol in 1984 yeah star trek 5 the final frontier he's great in that Diagnosis Murder, The House on Sycamore Street. He was in Captain Planet and the Planeteers, you guys. One episode. Oh, sick. Necronomicon. Book of the Dead.
1: Necronomicon is a great uh horror anthology. Oh shoot. Sorry, and Jeffrey Combs. Uh and, and David Warner st- is the main character in one of the like the three or four stories. Based on um HP Lovecraft's Ooh. tales.
0: Okay. Well, uh, even better yet, though, he was in Biker Mice from Mars. Oh nice. man, the
1: animated series. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: That's like the height of his career. There, he was in a lot of stuff. The Secret Adventures of Jules Verne. Uh, more recently, he was in some Cartoon Network shows, The Amazing World of Gumball, Teen Titans Go, and lots of voice acting. Brandon, did you bring yeah. this up before we had Troy on about Baldur's Gate Siege of Dragon Spear because he was in that?
2: Yes, that's the only reason I brought it up.
0: Okay, next, let's talk about Rona. I don't know why she's next on the list, but she is. So, Rona, played by Joan Severance. Or Mrs. Joanne,
1: Troy, help me out here. I think it's Joanne. okay, we'll go with joanne i'm I'm unfamiliar with her. I did look her up, and I saw that she was in a bunch of stuff that I've not seen.
0: Well, she started things off nineteen seventy nine with ABC after school specials. She was actress exiting limo. pretty cool. Nice. lethal weapon was what she was in next though. I mean she was also an uncredited role in that too, but it's lethal weapon. I changed my mind. I think it's Joan. okay, we'll go <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. She was in Wise Guy and then Max Headroom. Do you guys remember Max Headroom? Yes. Uh she was in LA Law, Black Scorpion 2, Aftershock, Life of the Party, the Pamela Harriman story. Sounds exciting. One Tree Hill, I've heard of that. American Horror Story. She was in uh, one episode of that. I've heard of that. <laughs> Most recently she was in 2020's Shepherds for an episode. Yeah. So she's had a illustrious career. That's really cool. Indeed. Next up We've got Twiggy. Twiggy. She doesn't have a last name. She's just Twiggy. She started things off, acting-wise at least, in 1966's Lucy in London. Oh, shit. She was in Donna Summer, Bad Girls, the music video.
1: <laughs> Whoa. Oh, shit.
0: <laughs> I love that song.
1: Your favorite music
0: video of all time. <laughs> That's the one with the whistles and stuff, right? Like the toot-toot. I have so. no idea what you're talking about. Donna Summer, <laughs> Bad Girls. Come on, you guys.
1: I'm, I'm just happy no. you're excited.
0: <laughs> Okay, well, homework for you two, since everybody always gives me fucking homework, Troy, is that you need to listen to Donna Summer, Bad Girls, okay. right after this. I expect both all right. of you to do it, and then tell me yes, what you
2: Yes, we will listen to that one song, and then you watch all of David Warner's <laughs> filmography. <laughs> Even Steve. You're going to love Time
0: Bandits. <laughs> I'll watch Time Bandits. <laughs> She's also been in Young Charlie Chaplin from 1989. Um, you know, she hasn't been in a lot of things since Tales from the Crypt. The Nanny, Body Bags, Heartbeat, Stick With Me Kid. Most recently... You know who else was in Body Bags? No.
1: David Warner. Okay. Most recently... Body... Ba- <laughs> hey! No, no, I'm, I'm kidding. No, I'm, kidding no, I'm kidding. You give that proper respect. <laughs> You're right. Body Bags was a, um... <laughs> John Carpenter did that. It was supposed to be an anthology series like Tales from the Crypt. Yeah. But whatever studio they were doing it for, canceled. So they just took like the pilot and made it like a two-episode movie. Mark Hamill's in it. Uh, Body, Body Bags is a pretty decent movie. Check that out. It's, it's um, John Carpenter as like a morgue attendant telling two scary stories. I like it when horror anthologies do morgue
0: stuff. I feel like they all do at some point. You guys, Twiggy has her own podcast called Tea with Twiggy and there was a new episode just two days ago whoa yeah
1: she's fucking twiggy she's still around she's awesome
0: so she's still working at you guys she got a podcast and everything next up let's talk about zelda rubenstein i love zelda passed away in 2010 oh. i can't believe it's been that long already the world has been zelda rubenstein for almost 14 years that's insane
1: have you met have you talked about poltergeist no no nope.
0: Not really. I, I did watch it with my son not too long ago, but I don't remember if I talked about it on the podcast. No.
1: I think she was in one of the sequels, too. Or...
0: She was in of both sequels. of
1: the sequels. Well, there were... Was, was she in all three of them? Okay.
0: Yeah. Uh, playing Tangina. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: she's so great. My, my favorite Tangina homage <laughs> is when they... Um, Roger from American Dad did
0: did it <laughs> you know remember back in like the early 2000s when like uh reality tv was fresh and new and stuff there was this show that i watched one time where they went into like haunted places and zelda rubinstein was like the narrator for it so i'm looking I'm, I'm excited to see what that was fucking called because i have yeah. no idea i'm
1: gonna look that up on youtube whatever it is i can't wait for you guys to tell me what that was
0: the so zelda rubinstein here she started off 1979 with americathon okay and then she was in the Flintstones comedy hour. Oh god. The Flintstones comedy show. I'm sorry. She was in two episodes of that. She played Atrocia Frankenstone. <laughs> what? I'm just saying words. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think she's probably was like most known for being in poltergeist, which is interesting because it was only like her fourth
1: role. Like I thought she was a very seasoned actress. Wow. She says
0: she's great in poltergeist, you know.
1: Well, I mean, she she was one of those actresses who spent, like, 30 years in theater. And radio. Oh, okay. That makes sense.
0: She was in a lot of, like, those uh, 80s hits, you know, 16 Candles, uh, Teen Witch. I guess that's it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All the 80s so All right. those so hits. So many hits. <laughs> like, those <was> two. <laughs>
0: She was in Mr. Velveteer. She was in Darkwing Duck. She did a voice in the Darkwing Duck. Oh, Adam's Family. Darkwing I don't Duck remember her in that. That was
1: my favorite show as a kid.
0: Ah, did you ever play the Nintendo game? I couldn't afford it.
1: That's
0: uh, Thanks okay. robbing that in. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Well, she was also in Goof Troop. She was in an episode of Goof Troop. I could afford Goof Troop. Wow. <laughs> Have you ever seen the TV series for Poltergeist? Because apparently she was in one episode of it. No, I, I had Me neither. She doesn't play Tangina in it, though. No, no because <laughs> that, the
1: TV series wasn't like part of the, the movie one. Hmm, what? Okay. It's like the Friday the 13th TV series okay. wasn't part of the movies. It was its own thing.
0: Uh, most recently, Zelda was in Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon. Didn't we just talk about that? Yeah. She was in that? Okay. Yeah, I guess so. She played Miss Collinwood. The TV show I was talking about was called The Scariest Places on Earth. Yeah, I just found
2: that. Host Linda Blair and narrator Zelda. Damn.
0: Winston. There we go. Oh, Linda Blair. I know who that That's is. Crazy. But can we go
1: back to <laughs> oh, boy. Leslie Vernon?
0: <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Troy Vernon's brother?
1: Yeah. Uh, it was a great series. It was a great movie.
0: Ooh, the cover for it looks really spooky.
1: You really should check that one out.
0: Okay. Uh Robert England's in it. All right, you guys, last character here, Robert Patrick Lothar.
1: I don't know who, who this he? Robert Patrick full person is. What is this?
0: He's only been in he's... everything
1: ever. I've only ever heard about him because I know that his younger brothers in Nine Inch Nails.
0: So. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Yeah. That's what he's best known for, his brother. Um he started things off 1987 with Equalizer 2000.
2: He started in 87.
1: Well, oh, that's what IMDb says. Wow.
2: And then Terminator 2 was like what, 92?
1: 91? 91. 91. Yeah. Early 90s. Yeah. So, was... yeah, that was one of his first. That's cool. Yeah, how cool, cool. was that? Cool for one him. of your first roles is fucking is T1000.
0: Goddamn icon. He was in Wayne's World. And then right after that, it was when he was in Tales from the Crypt. So,
1: like, yeah. When you say he was in Wayne's World, yeah. I mean, he played the T1000 in Wayne's World.
0: Yes. <laughs> Oh, did they just, like, show a clip of it or something? On the no, TV? like,
1: he came up no, to them no. in the car. Oh. Yeah. They, they get pulled over by a cop, and it's him as the T-1000. I haven't watched that movie in quite a while. <laughs> like, looking for John Connor. Yeah.
0: Hold on. In Last Action Hero, he is also the T-1000. Did he just play that role over and over yeah. again? Oh,
1: <laughs> yeah, he kind of did.
0: <laughs> I mean, hey, he did it really well, so I'm like, whatever. When he was in... Strip tease
2: He was the T 1000. <laughs> in this episode of Tales from the Crypt, it
1: doesn't say it, but he's actually the T 1000. He's infiltrated the radio station so that he can find John Connor. In
0: 1994, he was in an episode of Captain Planet and the Planeteers where he played the T 1000. <laughs> wow. He was in Meatloaf oh. Bad Out of Hell 2, the picture show.
2: Oh, okay.
0: Did you guys know that there's a Dumb and Dumber animated series? Yeah. <laughs> Huh. No, I knew
2: I, I knew remember. about the uh, the Ace Ventura one.
0: I remember that. And I one. knew I about remember. the mask. One. Robert here, he's uh, from Dust Till Dawn 2, Texas Blood Money. I see you, but the I is EYE. Uh, the faculty,
1: the movie, he was the coach. Oh, I love the faculty. The X-Files. He came in after Boulder left. Was he on like, a oh, whole, like, season yeah, a I remember that. I didn't oh, watch yeah. any of it, but I remember it yeah i remember his yeah, main character on that and um scorpion did you guys watch that nope. i've heard of it that was a good tv series he played the um like fbi liaison to like a group of nerds
0: he was in ben 10 and bridge to terabithia which i hear people hate cool
1: oh that's so sad
0: uh more recently let me keep scrolling up here rising hawk perry mason just naming stuff 2023 reacher uh, he's still working it.
1: Good. Just for for trivia for you, had that really bad Terminator movie been successful? And when I say the bad one, I yeah, mean, that does not salvation. narrow down at all. The one that they went into the future. Had they had that been successful, the next one was going to be sending someone back in time and seeing Robert Patrick as a human. Ooh. Um, making the T one thousand.
2: That's cool. Of
1: course, but salvation was garbage so they didn't do the cool idea that they had what a shame I, oh i hate when movie i hate when when people do like uh sequels or franchises and they go we've got a fucking fantastic idea for a movie but first we're gonna do like a bad remake <laughs> yeah we have to do but the if shit that is successful first. we'll do the cool one <laughs> well you guys that was
0: kind of all we got for uh the new arrival um, Brandon, do you want to see what's next week? Yeah.
2: It's got a lot to live up to. These last couple of episodes have been really good.
0: Well, I mean, Troy will know if it's good, but don't spoil anything. Next episode, season four, episode eight, is called Showdown.
2: Alright. I'm looking at it right now. Uh written by Frank darabont directed by Richard Donner. That's uh promising.
0: Ooh. darabont and Donner, yeah. I don't know who those people are, but the okay. <laughs> The um the description for this one's really short, Brandon. It just says a gunfighter confronts his past, and that's it. Wow. Oh shit, we're getting zombies, aren't we, Troy? You zombies. might. I'm. I love zombies. Look, if you're going to confront your past, it better be in zombie form, okay? Showdown
1: is uh, is different in a good way, Troy. Well, I'm not. I'm. Not, I don't want to give you anything. You know how? Okay. Okay. Most of the episodes are from the, you know the EC comics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The old times. There's a couple of original ones, but a lot of them are from either Tales from the Crypt, Vault of Horror. There, there were like five of them. Showdown is, was supposed to be a um, spin off that they decided not to do, which was from uh, Two Fisted Tales, which was more of like a Western action adventure series.
0: Weird. So it's not Tales from the Crypt, then?
1: Right. Okay. Right. And they they did do a movie in the early '90s that was like two or three different stories from Two Fisted Tales, hmm. and yeah, there was much more like Western war type. Uh, it it has a different vibe. Okay, when when you watch it next week, I, you know, keep that in mind. Okay, I think you'll notice that it's you know got a different different vibe to it.
0: Are we like are we talking different vibe? Like how Yellow was a different vibe?
1: Uh, maybe. Okay.
0: <laughs> well we'll see you next week yeah i'm i'm excited for it but i will say i
1: don't really care for westerns so yeah i don't either but oh boy of course then again the the tales from the crypt movie demon knight sort of has a, a little bit of a western gunslingery vibe and that movie is phenomenal when did that come out was it 1995 i think it came out after the series oh shit did it okay they were th- they did three movies and i think all three came out afterwards okay the first one might not have i'll find out i'll find out well troy i
0: have to say thank you so much for joining us today that was a lot of fun to talk about this one i got a lot of editing to do but that's
1: okay <laughs> oh was this okay yeah it was perfectly fine <laughs> okay, Thanks. <laughs> are are you gonna have me back for the season premiere of episode of season five
0: Ah, we'll think about it, Troy. We got a lot to think about now. (laughs) You promised me this a year fucking ago. (laughs) I know. It has been a long time. And then you were like, hey, this episode's not for a really long time. Can we do another one? I was like, of
1: course we can. Of course. Well, I felt bad because you said, Troy, name an episode and come back when I did season one back in 1989. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, the Tim Curry episode. And then I looked it up and I was like, oh, that's season five. <laughs> so. Yeah, I was like, okay,
0: whatever, Troy, we'll book you down for a year and a half. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but it's going to be worth it. Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to that one. When you guys watch that episode, you're like, oh, this, oh I'm so glad Troy is here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, Troy, uh, what have you been doing lately? I mean, where can people find you on social
1: media? Are you still working on your podcast? All right. Can I? All right. I'm going to tell you what I've been up to. Okay. And it's really sad and pathetic. (laughs) No. I would never think that of you, Troy. I started a
0: YouTube. Yeah. Well, you had that movie up on YouTube. Yeah. Nobody watched that. I watched it, Troy. Well, some of it. Don't quiz me. No, you didn't. You didn't watch it.
1: (laughs) I watched some of it. It got better later on. (laughs) (laughs) I understand the first bit's hard to get through. What what have you been working on on YouTube? All right. I have a channel. I only have two videos up because I'm I'm doing like one every like couple months. Hey, everybody starts somewhere. It's at doc Silver Screams, and I'm doing like illustrated histories of horror series that I narrate. Ooh. So the first one is like a 35-minute video of history of Jason and Friday the 13th. Okay. And you know, and so I do like um illustrations of jason's face and mask throughout the whole series to compare them oh that's cool as i talk about you know like the timeline a little bit of trivia and like a body count so i kind of marry a whole bunch of different things
0: so you're like bootleg uh dead meat yeah
1: thanks for that (laughs) (laughs) sorry
0: you should link me the page on youtube so that i can put it into the episode's description so that people can take a look at it
1: oh that'd be great (laughs) (laughs) okay speaking of like Nightmare on Elm Street, Mm -hmm. they did the whole, like, dream child with introducing Jacob Johnson. Oh, yes. And then they never really did anything with the character, officially. So I have a, uh, like, you know, like a 15 minute video looking all the ways that he was, sort of came back, like a couple comic books he's featured in, uh, one of the novels he's in. There was a screenplay that they didn't produce that starred him. So, I kind of go over all of that with some illustrations of what, you know, he would look like in those. And I'm working on, you know, I like, like the Friday the 13th one, a full like timeline illustration for, um, I know he did last summer. I'm hoping to get that out next month. Cool. Okay. I like that.
0: I, I, I agree with you. Like they definitely dropped the ball with, uh, that whole dream child thing. They could have done a lot with that. And then they chose not to. instead we got fucking Roseanne and that
1: ran home street. <laughs> So, oh my God, she's in like five seconds. Well, like
0: I, the way
2: I'm hearing it, because I haven't seen these movies, is it sounds like it becomes the Roseanne show, like
0: somewhere <laughs> no. down the line.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yep.
0: She wins the lottery. Well, I'm just not gonna really watch weird. any more of them because.
1: <laughs> oh God, you just you destroyed Brandon's future.
0: I told him he needs to watch the third one because he hasn't seen the third one yet.
2: Well, how much is in Roseanne in that one? Like, is it like 50% 50 Roseanne and Freddy Krueger or or what?
0: It's like 0% Roseanne. Brandon.
2: Welcome to prime time, bitch.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you guys, I think I'm done with the new arrival. I think I'm going to go back to bed. I got to do like work today and stuff. I have to wrap gifts. I'm so excited that I get to go to sleep after this. (laughs) Troy I just want to say thank you so much for joining us again today it's always a blast when you're on oh you don't regret it yet no of course not (laughs) I might even just ask you to be on another episode or two can
1: Tim Curry be in that one (laughs) he sure can we'll ask if that's what my
0: Troy wants (laughs) yeah I'm sure Tim's not doing anything else I'll ask him to be on a podcast and he'd be like 6 a.m. I don't think so (laughs) he would do it
2: (laughs) We would change the time for Tim. Oh, I,
1: I would hope so. You would feel
2: like <laughs> Tim Curry was like, I don't I could do a, uh, sorry.
1: <laughs> I could do it at uh, 645 and you're like, no, God damn it, Tim. I got cookies Tim, I'm to make, sleeping Tim. at that time.
0: <laughs> All right, you guys, I'm done here. I'm, I'm out of here. I will, uh, well, Brandon, I'll talk with you next week for yep. the showdown or whatever this, the next episode is called. <laughs> I'll be uh, here. <laughs> thanks again, Troy. I'll talk to you guys later. Bye, everybody. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs> ignore it. Ignore it. Ignore it.